Hello and welcome to the Meaningfulistic Podcast. I am your host, Gabriel Gonzalez, and I'm asking questions about what matters to who and why in the deepest, most personal sense. This is an exploration to find deep meaning at the intersection of the secular and the sacred, the artistic and the scientific. I'll interview ordinary people who find creative, unique, and profound ways to live a holistically healthy life that is in tune with the physical, mental, emotional, social, intellectual, and spiritual. It is the both and of the yin and yang of what it means to be. In this episode, I pick up the conversation with Haywood Glover on the topic of risk. In the first episode, we talked about risk in business and risk in his personal life. And now I want to take that extra step to go down to risk in religion. Why would anyone take a leap of faith? And that is what he was wants to articulate is when it comes down to it, it has to make sense for you. Why would you do something that does not make sense? Why would you believe in something that you didn't quite fully understand and you're letting other people tell you and you're buying into what other people are telling you? And that's what I love about his perspective about belief, his perspective on faith and religion. The topic originally started when we were having a conversation and it came up that he did not want to be baptized. It's fine with me. I am not there to push him in either direction. Being my best friend, he can tell me these things and I will receive them and we can continue the conversation. But why would someone not want to be baptized? And it was not based on theology. It was social. It was racial. It was about perception. It's about authenticity. And that is what this episode, Risky Religion, is about. As always, I'm very thankful for his candid responses, and I hope you will enjoy. All right, so just continuing the first topic, I guess, item that we were talking about was risk through your job, through what you do. You analyze risk, demand planning um, based on environmental, economic circumstances, even like that that, uh, that anecdote that you said about the planes going down, it actually affected, heavily impacted your, 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 your work, right? Your job. Um, Absolutely. And then also we got to talk about that big question of, of personal risk. When, why would you invest your time? Why would you invest your heart? Things that are invaluable to someone. Um, why would you risk giving that to somebody else? Right. Why would you yeah. risk being in a relationship? Be, when there's no certainty, same, same principles, right? There's no, there's no guarantees. There's, you can assume that the person is of goodwill. They're not going to take advantage of your trust in that way, but there's also the, those mitigating factors that make you think there's some red flags and they're not worth your investment. And and that's very risk averse, but also uh, self, um, you know, protective, uh, outlook. Would you agree? Absolutely. 
good 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 summary i guess of what we're yeah i mean you hit, you, hit, you hit the bullet points i mean yeah I, i'm a very risk averse person so dealing with people in a relationship or anything like that i'm always measuring what's what's my chances of getting hurt i'm always measuring that out and if the cost is too much i walk away i think like the main the main underlining value there is it's it's not out of just um, immediate knee-jerk um, isolationism, right? It's I will, you're willing to invest if that prospect is worthy. See, that's that's the riddle right there. You hit it right there because am I sitting there, am I finding faults because I like isolation? Am I finding faults because I don't want to put myself out there? I'm a risk-averse person. I was like, I've been hurt before. Am I just scarred? So I don't know the answers to that. I'm not. I'm not going to look into it. I don't look at. I don't self-reflect that often. No, I, <laughs> I self-reflect too often. But it's one of those things that. What's the chicken or egg? What's your decision? I don't know. Yeah, and and you also said you had to go cry in the shower. <laughs> You're not supposed to remember that part of the conversation, but no, it, it's a, it's a, I made a decision the other day with this lady I was seeing, I was like, the risk is too high. And I'm just rethinking of it. I was like, maybe I made a mistake. And that's what scared me. Usually I make a decision. There's a strict rule of my job, strict rule of my life is have a strong opinion, but have it loosely. Meaning you can change course. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 So it just in personal life, I thought about, I was like, did I make a mistake? And that's the other side of the coin. I was like, pride kicks in. Remember what Marcellus Wallace said? Pride's a, pride's a MF. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, did I make a mistake? And am I willing to correct it? I don't know. So yeah, risk is a, like I said, it's a double-edged sword when you start analyzing every single situation that you're in. And I wanted, I didn't talk about it, um, but I wanted to mention one thing before moving on is that there's, like I was saying in the conversation earlier, there's, everything is allegorical. There's allegorical meaning that you can withdraw from certain things. And one of them was movies. And I wanted to tell you that one of the movies that I think has a lot of meaning uh-huh. is a Disney movie. <laughs> I could talk a lot about Disney movies because they're simple. They're not there for children. But I think that a lot of the things that can be with that can be purged out of those storylines is it can can really be taken, you know, as an adult. What this movie is called uh, Luca. It's this movie where this little dude, this little boy, it's a cute movie. He's, a, he's a Italian. You've seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Is that the one where, no, no, Luca is where he turns into the fish monster? Yeah, yeah. He's a little like a mermaid, little slash fish monster yeah, yeah. kid from Italy. So he has this friend. He's he's the, the, the cocky, uh, he's already been a human before. And he's like, he's like, yeah, it's a human thing. I'm kind of an expert. Like he's just completely wrong about everything, <laughs> but he has this cocky attitude towards everything. And one of the things that he says is Silencio Bruno. And it means nothing except 
shutting down your inner voice of fear, doubt. And he basically teaches this very nervous, very shy kid to break out of his shell, out of his fear of, you know, whatever, gravity, um, yeah. fear, fear of everything that that is in the world by breaking through that, by having this little catchphrase in his mind. And in the end, you know, it's that catchphrase that basically propels both of these boys beyond what they normally saw in their lives. Um, this one boy was trapped, this cocky kid was kind of trapped on this island because he was afraid to go off. He was there, but he was in limbo basically. And this other kid was just scared to be out of the water. So like this idea of Silencio Bruno is kind of like, what do you do? Kind of like the Tyler Durden thing, let, you know, let what truly does not matter slide. It's that I'm going to do it. I might get hurt. I'll probably get hurt. And they do get hurt. It's funny. You know, they basically <laughs> make this makeshift uh, scooter out of, you know, bits and pieces of trash and go down a hill and try and jump into the water. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's just funny. But the, the, the thing that this kid has, this bravado of this little Italian kid is, is pretty inspirational to me. So I wish I had an older type guy when I was younger, when I was shy, when I was nervous, you know, timid and, and always self-conscious and, and, and doubtful, even of my own actions that I wish I had someone that would just was there to tell me to silence that, that inner voice of fear and doubt and take the chances because sometimes See, it's worth the damage. So I don't know. Hey, I'm going to watch the movie now. Good selling point. Even though you just told me the whole plot and just spoil or spoil or no, that's but, not even the plot. That's just the okay. beginning. That's just one little catchphrase. That's not the plot. Oh, my bad. That's yeah, good. This piece is funny. It's cute. There's, there's a thought. So, there's fear, and phobia. Phobia's phobia is unreasonable fear, where yeah. I'm scared of dogs. There's no reason why I should be scared of dogs. I should be scared of particular dogs or that dog that bit me. But it's a phobia. It's unreasonable. And then there's fear, where fear is a flight, fight, flight or fight reaction. You, have, you, it, it's a gift from God to tell you you are in a situation too big for you. You need to run. So my thing is. I hear what you're saying. Little Luca was hearing these voices telling him, but I was like, what if this fear of commitment is something that's keeping me safe? Yeah. And that's the thing that I was like, I don't know it's phobia or fear. And I can't diagnose the situation because if it's phobia, it's unreasonable. But I can't say it's unreasonable because I've been burned before multiple times. There you go. So it's fear. But when does it turn the corner? That's the thing that people, it's hard to diagnose or hard to figure out. There's no math problem that I can put together to make it work. Um, I think also, I mean, even now, I mean, there are some people, I mean, our age, your age, our age, that my age. You're older make, than me. Make you feel better. Okay, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that, 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 you know, or single and and it's like you know you could say the dating pool is thinned out at this time i mean what have you but the point is um 
it's probably better at that point, at this point, to be more um, cautious um, because the stakes are higher, um, you know, as, as compared to, I mean, I guess I can't say that's, that's even true because, you know, the stakes are high when you're 19, 20, get a girl pregnant, you get married, and then you're divorced, right? Um, the stakes are higher then also, but um, uh, I think the, the idea is self-preservation is always a good idea. There are people that get into a lot of relationships and I mean, like I did, you know, I'm the opposite of you, basically. I have my heart on my sleeve and it's going to get stomped on. And it did multiple times. Yeah. It was, it was we're, nice. We're. I even, I even, I didn't tell you, I got cheated on and I got convinced that it wasn't really cheating because the way she said it made it sound nice. And I gave her the benefit of the doubt. And I thought about it later. And even now, my wife was like, she cheated on you. I was like, you know what? I was cheated on. And I was so stupid and nice that I didn't even realize it. I was still stuck with her. They, we are, we are, yeah. we are, we are Pisces swimming into two different directions. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I, I, and that's why I was always afraid of. I mean, anyways, moving along. <laughs> we'll, we'll dive on that. No guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> this is an, an, one of those unending topics as well. But this topic, this today, this tonight, it's different. It's about what the fear of committing to a religious construct, a spiritual construct that why would somebody believe in something that characteristically alters their perspective in life, that all things can possibly filter through this to where you say, I'm not going to eat today. Why? Because I'm doing it for a spiritual reason, right? Or you could say, I'm not going to indulge in this activity i mean drinking beer or going out or, or or even i'm not going to go to bed early i'm going to stay up late or i'm going to stay up late praying or i'm going to wake up early to go pray right this is a this this can be a a, a life-changing thing and why would somebody do that um i know there's certain studies about <clears throat> characteristics of your DNA or, or characteristics in your mind that some people are just naturally, just chemically, just just bio, biologically more adept to receiving faith and believing in faith. And it has nothing to do with intelligence. It's, um, it's, it's, there's certain, you know, certain characteristics, like I said, that are natural and you can't fight really, you can't really fight against it. You can't logic somebody into believing in God. You can't logic somebody into not believing in God, right? And and I think that everyone's individual story is important. And so I wanted to give you the platform and take you take let you have a lead on this a lot uh, because this is your story. And I think you have something super cool to say. Yeah, it's... So, like, I'm a believer. I believe I church is like a was a big part of my life in the pandemic. I haven't been back because I was like, I'm not going there with the old people. I'm not getting any old people sick. Can't have that on my conscience. It's a my thing. It's how I said equating risk. It's more riskier me not to believe. One of the biggest things, the thing that drives me the most, I say this saying, it's it's a 
so common the rapper has an album saying one day it all makes sense and that's the name of his album that when i was introduced to the album way back in the days that's the only thing that drives me one day it has to make sense it has to if it doesn't make sense i am broken i don't need to do that so what makes sense to me is something bigger than me doing what that that doing what they do i have a bigger picture of this world i that's the only thing that can make sense to me if i didn't have that faith in me i think i would go completely insane just completely and i've been tested over and over again with it i've been introduced and reintroduced over and over again and that's why i believe is because if i don't i don't think the world will make sense it makes sense that there's something bigger and better than me hoping for the best for me. And that's the thing that drives me. And like every time, I mean, every time I, I go to this specific church, you know, it's a Baptist church. I don't have, I don't agree with everything the person says. And that's the thing that bothers me with a religion. People think that you're supposed to agree hundred percent with the person telling you this. He's a mortal man telling you, what these beliefs are and sometimes beliefs are yeah i'm a big believer i hate saying faith i have a strong belief in something but i was like faith you fall into blindly i don't fall into anything blindly i'm too analytical to be blind it makes sense to have a creator that's why um but this church that i go to i get introduced to it over and over again way back in the days back when we were in the art institute there was this lady or girl back then um, said, hey, you want to go to church with me? It's like, yeah, absolutely. I was just not thinking about going to church. I was thinking about going with you. <laughs> One, why would you go anywhere with a woman by herself? And two, why would you go to a church? Well, I was I was thinking with a, I was just thinking, hey, if that's what she needs. I'll go. And I grew up. I grew up Catholic. I know the ups and downs and the sayings, I'm comfortable in a Catholic church, but she wanted to go to a Baptist church. I was like, so it'd be a lot of singing, a lot of hand clapping. Okay, I'll go. And we would go. We would go to Bible study every Wednesday, me and her would go. And I was like, I kind of enjoy this. I like hearing the interpretation of it. And you know, I'm going to read what you tell me and see if I have a contouring view of this. So every night we would go there spend the evening there. I would go back and read. I remember when I got dissuaded, the specific thing that happened. We go to, and the one minister is not there, so they have a temporary guy, a bench hitter or a bench player. Comes off the thing, he's like, yeah, let me tell you this thing. And he's talking about, it's just a mess of story. It's funny. It's a mess of story, but he's talking about, there's like these people that don't, don't have faith don't have faith, don't have a belief that they're doomed. It was like, whoa, it was like fire and brimstone is not my type of thing. But it was like, okay, whatever. He talks about, he's like, you know how they get wolves in the Arctic or wolves in Alaska? And I remember it was like, okay, I don't know this. He was like, what they do is they get this blade and they put this blade in like blood and they freeze it, like blood and water and they freeze it and they stick it in the ground. I was like, that's weird. And he's like, so a wolf will smell the blood 
and they'll go in there and keep licking and licking it, and they don't know that their tongue's getting done, and they bleed to death because they're licking this play. But I'm telling you the PG version. This man is with its a graphic detail. I've heard this story, yeah. And every cat is everybody. I'm looking around. I'm like, what in the heck is this? It's like that's who you are if you're not following. That's who you are. That's you're going to be that one bled out. I was like, wow. And I remember we're us leaving, and we went back to her place, and we're sitting there. Order we order pizza. She used to eat pizza with mustard. Weird thing. Yeah, uh, I thought you did too. Because of her. So go figure. <laughs> Don't shake your head. Do not shake your head. <laughs> we do a lot of things for women. But <laughs> I, 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 I've heard I've heard people put mustard and ranch. I thought you were the I thought you were the ranch guy. No, no, I'm definitely. Oh, you ranch. put mustard though. That's perfectly normal, right? <laughs> that's that's the way they do it in in, in Italy, right? <laughs> Whatever. But I remember her talking to me. She's like, no. She's like, I wasn't offended by that. It, we walked out and you see people's faces. Yeah. And I've sensed the tension in that thing because he just ended it. He said that story. He was like, all right, get out. <laughs> Everybody's done. Yeah. I remember I, her day. I was like, this is, I remember it was like, this can't be the one. It just can't be. It was like, it's a religion to me is not a do or die situation. It was like, it's ignorance and not knowing. And it's like, and when you're introduced, you can you can reinterpret and understand. So I was like, all right. So I stopped. I stopped going with her. I was like, I can't. I just stopped. Then our mutual friend, when you were living at the Art Institute or the apartment complex, one of our mutual friends was like, hey, I go to this Bible study. You want to go? Which one? He says the church name is like, I don't know about that. It's like, no, man, we need to go. We need to do this. And for weeks, he kept pressuring me, come on, come on, come on, come on. I feel like this is this is a different thing. You keep getting reintroduced to something when you really need to pay attention. There is no mistake. There, there's no such thing as this coincidence in this world, in my mind. I was telling the guys at work that literally the other day, it was like little small things that you catch can ripple into bigger things. I was like, simple little things. Why didn't this happen? Because of this. It's like you pay attention to all of it and you're closing that cone of uncertainty. You're making it certain. But anyway, he kept for weeks. Finally, we sat there. We're playing Taken 3. I'm beating I'm beating his tail because I'm good at the game. Uh, yeah, you're, you're the best player in the world. Anyway, yes. I'm glad you finally acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> And we get, I mean, he's getting salty. He's getting yeah. bitter and mad. Yeah. This is the same guy that got mad and threw a video game out the window. Yeah. What floor were you on? The second or third floor or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But we go after we're salty. We don't say a word while we're driving there. And this is the thing. This is where the even more belief kicks in. First time in months. Came back. Me and this random guy were sitting there. And the whole entire sermon or lesson was talking about not letting outside forces take away your that happiness that we're embedded in. I mean, literally, we're sitting there in silence and he's going in. It was like these people. And he says something like these people that get mad over sports, over just games. (laughs) Why are you getting so angry about this? Let it go. It's not that important. 
it was like, are you going to be? And we, I remember we drive home and say, and he, he's the one that broke the silence. Was like, yo, was that for us? And like I said, I don't believe in coincidences. It was like that message was crafted for me. And we sat there. It was like we're not going to get angry about this. It lasted about a week, <laughs> but. <laughs> That's cool. That's a cool story, though. But like you said, you, you, you go and you hear something. And, and a lot of people have that experience where they said I was they were talking to me. Right. Except for that first time when you said this guy is talking complete nonsense. No. Oh, but you still said that his, his, his message was still valuable. No, his message wasn't valuable at all. It was that's what I'm saying. It was complete, that's what I said. Complete nonsense. It did not apply. But, if anything, it turned you off more than anything. But it turned me off to that girl, too, because she didn't see the wrong with that message. Oh, okay, fair. I mean, okay. Yeah, well, so it was like, okay. just think if I would have, if I would have did what I did, it was like, okay, I agree with you. It just went with the flow. Who knows where my life would have been? I would have say, huh? say what's wrong with the message that she disagreed or that she was wrong for disagreeing. I think that you were, you were probably trying to say that she was wrong for not seeing the possible flaws like the holes in it right like yeah. that the that there's there's other ways of looking at it it's a very divisive single-minded black and white kind of way of looking at it and i don't think i think i don't think that anyone nowadays when they hear preaching really responds to that um well there are too zealotry many options. is bad zealotry yeah well, without I mean, questioning the message it okay. bothers fair fair yeah because i was like you know what we don't, I mean, you have your degrees, I have my degrees, but it's literally, you have to question what you're doing because there's an interpretation that you never had. And at my belief system, I mean, it's, I mean, you, you kind of coded my belief system. Remember that book you gave you long time ago? Yeah. Uh, Illusions. You gave me that book and reading it, it was like, it made sense to me. It made sense to me because it was like, the questions that were thrown in it was something that I can bring into it. So was this totally nonfiction? Like it was almost like sci-fi or was it a reluctant Messiah? Yes. Yeah. I could grab it off my bookshelf for you. (laughs) It's just a, like, it's a sci-fi Jesus basically. No, but, but the things is one of the messages in the books that I really think is like, the creator, like I call God the creator because of that book, but it's like it makes more sense to me because I call Rock him the God MC. He's not God, but I call him <laughs> the God MC. <laughs> but you don't, you don't call um, what's his name, Kanye, by his Jesus? No, no. I mean, well, Hova says, um, uh, Hova, Jay Z says, they call me Hova not because I'm God, because I work goddamn hard. I was like, nice bar. But anyway, <laughs> the thing is that book, it influenced me because it, it had the, the message of the book was it's okay to question what you're doing and knowing this and you should be seeking out trying to find these answers. Yeah, Just having faith, it's bad. Meaning I'm not questioning. I'm not trying to seek and understand why does this influence my life? Zealotry yeah. is a bad thing. And that book I mean, it, I know it's sci-fi Jesus, <laughs> but it literally made me think about, was like, what is my journey through faith? And every time I find myself, like, even this conversation makes me say, I'm going to church tomorrow. 
because it puts me back into these moments where I keep getting reintroduced. I mean, another great story. Here's the same church. Yeah. I remember I'm seeing this girl, absolutely lovely female. I miss her really, really bad. But she was like, hey, I want you to come to church with me. And she get, she goes to a Catholic church. was like, doing all the up and downs? That's why I called it standing <laughs> sitting. And I was like, uh, I was like, how about I go, let me go to my church that I go to or I went to way back in the days. I used to go to this church. It's the one that me and your mutual friends, she's like, OK. And I remember calling her while I was going to church. It's early Sunday morning. I call her. She's like, babe, what's wrong? I was like, I don't know if I want to go. It's like, it's weird. I feel uncertain. And she's like, hey, what you need to go. It's like your soul, and she says this to me, I swear to God, she's like, your soul has been broken for a while. You need to go and make peace with whoever. And I was like, and I roll it. I was like, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Don't try to be, I was like, you're just still drunk for the leg before. <laughs> Leave me alone. And she's like, what you're going to do, hey, which is like, you're going to go there. You're going to meet somebody that's going to make influence. It's probably going to be for Bailey. And she takes a clear shot from my neighborhood probably for Bailey and you're going to be fine with the situation whatever Val <laughs> and I hang up on her I remember saying whatever I hang up I go to the church I'm sitting there in my suit like and the pastor comes up there and he's talking he says I grew up off of Highway 6 in Bel Air he was like I worked at the Randalls on that street I was like that's only a couple blocks of where I grew up he was like I grew up in a Leaf, Texas and as soon as somebody says A-Leaf, if you're not a Houstonian or anything, or you're not from that, and when somebody says A-Leaf, you automatically acknowledge it. I was like, A-Leaf, and he points yeah, at me. He was yeah. like, A-Man, yes, A-Leaf. It's like Brooklyn for Houston. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn. It was like, and I remember, I was like, what in the... And I remember I cursed. The old lady got very upset when I cursed. I was like, mother... Because <laughs> I was like... Val called it. She was like, you'll meet somebody from Ailey. The pastor is from Ailey. Yeah, and I yeah. went up to him. I was like, you know what? I told him, I was like, I was really hesitant to be here. He was like, why? And I was like, because it was like, you know what? I go to a church where it's a lot of, there's not many black folks. And that bothers me. And it's a white church. I was like, and I didn't want to tell him. I didn't want to go that route with them because I don't know that cat. He's from A-Leaf, so he probably knew. What color was he? What was he? He's a white guy. Yeah. But A-Leaf, like you said, is very multicultural. It's very diverse. It's, it was the most diverse have, part of the city. It wouldn't have rubbed him the wrong way for you to say that, right? No, I don't think. I think he, he got He got me and him have a multiple conversation. He gets it now. And he does a lot of things that make me like, okay, I'm here. But he was like, yo, and he was talking to me. He was like, you're an A-Leaf kid. And he was like, we need to stick together. I'm glad you're here. Just stick with me. Dang. Very good. So I, mean, I, was like, I mean, that's the way it is sometimes. Um, this was a priest, right? Um, he said it was a minister pastor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you go into a church, you're going to have that experience where there's the, whoever's speaking. It's, it's just... <laughs> Catholic churches don't make priests out of their oration skills, you know, oratory skills, right? They don't yeah. make them on their, even their, um, 
you could say intellect, right? Their theological grounding, right? As long as they have the basics, as long as you know the routine, you can say what you want up there. It could be bland. It could be wonderful. It could be inspirational. It could be a turnoff. Um, that's any church, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, I think like what you're saying is, is every everybody's voice when they walk into a church is they're going are they going to get something that feeds me you know you're trying to look for something that's going that you can walk out of right and a lot of instances i mean i'm thankful that you had anything i mean whether it was a church or whether it's a coffee shop if you go into a place and you have your eyes open you have your mind open of receiving something whatever it is that That's, could be a message that was for you. You're hitting it on the head. That's the thing. We were at risk. My thing is, I kept going back because I knew the risk was too severe if I didn't go, if I didn't catch those messages. So I kept going back. Yes, mm-hmm. I had encouragement and trip. It was a very risky proposition for me to walk into that door. Cause I would miss a message or I might be feel so awkward, but I said, you know what? The risk is acceptable and it's always been acceptable. I was like, I keep overcoming that doubt and that fear to walk into that place. And I, I still go to the same church. I still keep getting these reaffirming messages. Like I don't want to be here. Then I get a message. A predominantly now, white church. Yes. So I, here's a really good story. So same pastor. From a leave. He's doing his, I said minister, he's a pastor. Because he's doing his thing. And he's talking about something totally different. Talking about, oh, this book and this is what it means. And he just stops, like mid-sentence. And he's like, you know what, y'all? We need to talk. He was like, something's on my soul. Nice. And it was like, something's on my soul. And I know this is not the message. I know we're doing a series and all that. It was like, this is not the message. But... I need to get this off my chest. He was like, that child, Trayvon Martin, got murdered. And having a white person say that, that was like, caught me off guard. He was like, he got murdered. I don't know the circumstance. He is dead. He was like, if you don't understand why people are mad and upset or protesting because he is dead, I don't want you here. Is like, this is not my house. This is God's house. I'm telling you as the person that is the head pastor of this church, leave. Racism has no place in this building. It was like, if you don't understand why certain people are that, he's like, we do all these reach outs and they don't come because of how we act. That is not right. It was like, that, that child, he, he forgot how old he was when he was like, died. He was like, that child could have been something else and he's gone and we should not be celebrating that and he got really deep into it he got into it and you i'm always looking for reactions cats were squirming why (laughs) why people don't so when a death happens when it's a black kid that gets murdered the question that always happens is where were the parents or what did he what was, do? Yeah, what was he doing? Right. So we just, just now, we had that 18-year-old kid that drove 200 miles to Buffalo and just murdered these Black people. 
I have never heard, you know, I watch a lot of news. I've never heard them say, where was the parents? I never asked, what were he, what was he doing? None of that even factor in. It's always assumed that. that... But having the message come from a white man, an older white man saying that and stopping what he's doing that to make the people swerve. And he kept talking about it. He didn't even finish what his original sermon was. He just stopped. He was like, we're talking about this. And he just went in. And I was like, and the thought was, no, it wasn't Trayvon Martin. Because Donald Trump was the president then. It was another black. See, that shows you how bad it is, how many black kids. Before, before, um, before, uh, oh, geez. Yeah, my, my yeah Trump was president. This was his last one. The riots. Um, I'm trying to think. It had to be early in his presidency because he said something like that. And my question, the thing, it was because he was president. Because I remember before I walked into church, it was like, how can I keep going to this place with all these people that probably voted for this racist man? <laughs> how can they see me and all that? I mean. I get in with those like little old ladies. I was like, stop talking to me, little old lady, because I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hurt your feelings when you ask me some question I don't believe in. That's that's. And I remember him going in really hard. I forgot. It wasn't Trayvon Martin because that was Barack Obama. That was, was, there, that was early. That was much, much earlier. Yeah, it was another black child that was murdered in the streets. And he said it and he just put it this way. It's usually an hour long. 30 minutes was just him going in on this. It was like, and he was like, God does not see skin color. It was like, he only sees your soul. And he was like, I know I can't say that positively, but it was like the person that I believe in, the faith that I have in this God, this is what I feel. And it was like, as my, as a pastor of this church, you're following me because you think my beliefs or my, my interpretation is something that you can vibe with. And he went in. And that, I remember literally thinking before I walked in there, do I need to be here anymore? Because it was like all these people, because they had a they had a a signing, like a petition signing for um, something against gay rights in this church. And I'm totally against that. It was like, I'm not signing that. I'm, I broke that little lady's heart. Because she asked me why, and I told her the exact reasons why. Because she was like, oh. I remember the pastor was like, Haywood, don't. It was like, Haywood, you can have your things, but this is what the church is wanting to stand behind. It was like, I'm going to tell him to leave you alone. You said, like, you, were, you, you said you had that same kind of, you know, you were, you were not afraid to speak your voice, and you have wonderful, articulate um uh, responses for your beliefs and you said you had you did the same thing in college right that you were able to debate the professor in class you know facing your beliefs and and unashamed you're not afraid it takes courage man and and i even gonna say i'm even gonna say you know you going to this church time after time as you know as it being a predominantly white church and you're going to for reasons and you're going there for for like i said to be fed to have a whatever kind of message and you're seeing 
you're seeing the truth of 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 of, the, of humanity that it is not uh, uh you know christianity is not you know homogenous right you're seeing the ugly side you're also seeing the, the you're seeing the holes you're seeing the 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 blind spots that people have um and, and maybe that pastor was saying what he had to say because he knows those people have massive blind spots it's i would have you're right it's that's the thing we don't all have the answers and to say and assume that you have all the answers and to become a zealot is dangerous so reason why i was able i'm willing to I want to question everything that I get because that's how I get fed because I'm not going to go anything. Babe. There, remember, Oh, remember the song, Tennessee arrested development. Tennessee. Jeez, <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so in the song, so people don't understand that is a go back when we're done, listen to the song. It's a very religious song and people oh, never yeah, got yeah, it because yeah. yeah, yeah. it's like me and the creator are talking every day. And that's the relationship I have where I'm talking to the creator and trying to understand, I was like, and I was like, I'm not a prophet. So he's not talking back, but I think there's an understanding. And then the song, it was like, he says something like he gave me knowledge and the song pods, but he says, I'm still thirsty. But I am still thirsty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, that's my thing. I was like, I'm still thirsty. I keep going back to the well because I was like, I need to understand what my relationship is. And like I said, it's too risky for me not to understand. Beautiful. Yeah. It's scary. Man, that's where I live, man. Yeah. That's where I live. That's where <laughs> I live. I live in always questioning and always trying to find more because, yeah, you can get those black and white answers that that, that top level surface and it's divisive. It's, I didn't like it when I was growing up and it's not a, bad thing but you know i grew up catholic church and i grew up and i had questions and the and the thing that i tell people when i give my men's ministry or when i give my witness at church you know i say you know back then it was shut up sit straight look forward do what you're supposed to do that's what you're supposed to do don't ask questions and so if i asked anything it was you're that because that's what you're supposed to do right don't ask questions right and yeah. now, now as an adult, yes, I'm like you. I love to ask questions, but there are a lot of people that turn away from Christianity. Um, they don't ask questions. They say, I don't, they're, they're questioning their faith and they'll say, I want to look for something else. And you know, I did, you know, when I was, you know, 17 year old reading Tao Te Ching and, and you know, Siddhartha, you know, it, you know it's like, I'm learning. You know, and I might have stepped away, right, not going to church, but it's like I did not close my mind because I didn't have the answers. I questioned what I was taught, and I used that as a foundation to go learn more. And then, like you said, like, you know, years later, I go get my degree in theology. But that's a what I, what I, one of the people that I liked was Kierkegaard because he was Christian. He was, you know protestant but in a kind of a transitional time but he was one of those people that said learn learn everything you want don't have a filter on the things that you're interested 
you know, I love reading Tao Te Ching. I have it. I love it. I, I, I love reading Siddhartha. It, I compare Siddhartha to the book of Ecclesiastes because he's talking about someone who, who's gained wisdom through the world, who's gained wisdom through the highs and the lows, who's, who doesn't look at things in a materialistic way, who, who, who finds a meaning and purpose through, their, through not wisdom, but the untangible, unexplainable things that happen in life. And how do you live? How do you live after you realize that sickness? pain, death, wisdom, richness, poorness, it all, it's all gets muddled together in one human life that what does it matter? Well, it matters how you live, regardless of your circumstance. And that's was like the middle way, that's Siddhartha's middle way. And, and you're talking about Ecclesiastes. I haven't, there's one guy that actually made that connection is Peter Kreft. He's a Catholic out and I haven't read his book about it, but I liked it because I was like, this sounds like Eastern philosophy, right? But anyways, that question of wanting to learn, not filtering it, learn everything you can. Don't turn away because you don't understand it. And I think a lot of people have that surface level. Well, I grew up and uh, I didn't understand, so I walked away or I didn't get something. I didn't get that immediate impact. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the question is, why don't you want to learn more? That's like there's a whole world of information and people don't use the internet as, as this massive tool that it is as, as, as a library, as a, as a source of enriching knowledge, knowledge that you can withdraw from it and pull from it and use it for, to better yourself, your spiritual self specifically, you know, people look at the, people look at the, oh, I, I wanted to mention this. People look at things like this, like this book, um, Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren. Very popular book, Christocentric, very Christocentric. There's also um, this other book that I that not very not very probably probably well known is the book that I picked up is called um, "In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day." So it's a Christocentric book. It's talking about a guy Beniah who is one of um, David's mighty men in the book of Chronicles. Um, basically how he got hired. Well, there was this guy, Benaya, and, you know, we hired him because he could kill a lion with, you know, in a pit with a spear or, and he, oh, there was another, there was another story where he's like, he went up against this guy, a giant guy who had a big spear. He went up to him, uh, no weapon, took his spear from him and killed him with it. This is Benaya. He's a cool guy. Um, it's, it's, it's like it's like super buried in there, but this guy wrote a whole book on this one line or these two three lines of scripture um, about this guy Benaiah, and he, he's looking at it in the same way. and And his book is about risk, right? This book is about unlearning fears, um, the art of reframing, very universal concepts, but it also comes um, very uh, Christocentric, kind of like the purpose driven life, saying that um, you know, you, 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 you do things out of risk for God and you'll be rewarded, right? Um, See, that's, when I look at, so when I, the thing is, I was like, the questioning is the point. I was like, I've always questioned, I read everything, you know that, I read everything and I am a, big believer taking everything that you learned. I quoted hip hop. 
<laughs> multiple times in this conversation. So you so you see allegory in the music that you listen to it, how it affects your life and how you build your personal et- ethos off of it. There's so much that you just, I mean, that's the thing. I was like, I've told you random things that keeps getting me back to the church. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not, a, and I remember I had this big argument with this girl. Oh God, I can't remember her name. I don't want to remember her name so she can go away. Um, but this is when I was on one of my breaks, hiatus from going. To, and she's like, I need a guy that's going to go to church. And I was like, that's the problem right there. It's like the church is just a building. I was like, and I start going into the whole entire, I start quoting the Tao Te Ching, talking about the emptiness and all that. I was like, you could be this vessel that can be filled anywhere you go. The church yeah. is where you are. I was like, and I was like, in the Bible, the guy's having church in a field, not in a building, in a field. I was like, so that's not how it works. And I'm always, I'm always opposed about these absolutists the absolutes yeah. when it comes to faith because I was like no it doesn't work that way because put it this way would I stop would I st- be less of a religious person if I stopped going to church I don't think so I was like I know so I mean there was this oh good lord another story of, so I meet this girl always a girl involved in all these stories pretty good at what I do but <laughs> 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 this girl and she was like oh she was like i'm a believer i was like cool i was like i am too it was like i go to church every sunday she's like can i go with you I'm like absolutely and she we go to the baptist church and she loves it now here's my beef i don't like the up and downs i don't like standing up and down that's my biggest oh beef. you mean like when they when they say something good everyone gets up and claps or no 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 like hey please rise with us while we sing no nah, oh. y'all sing i'm sitting yeah, I was like, I'm not going to do that. Or there was one minister or one pastor that's like, please rise when we're reading the word of God. Yeah, normally New Testament people will rise. And I'm like, no. Or if no, it's no. something Jesus said. Yeah. My, my beef is when you're sitting at home and you're reading the Bible, are you standing up? No. Okay. I'm just saying. Anyway, it, I remember I was like, I don't do this. And I don't sing. I don't sing. I don't have any interest in singing any songs there. I was like, and this is where Haywood comes, musical nerd Haywood. I was like, this is, you're probably going to have to edit this or pause this later. Here's the warning to pause and edit. It was like, I think most Christian music sucks. Like it's written very bad. How is Just, that? Huh? Everyone knows. Everyone, that's a well-known. <laughs> it's written so bad. And I remember we're driving home. And she's like, I don't understand. She questions it. And this is this. Oh, she was a white lady. And she's like, I don't understand why you don't sing. I was like, because it's bad music. I'm not going to sing bad music. It's like, you know, I love, I love Biggie. I love Prince. I sing along because it's written well. You know, I've been to I've been to, you know, I, I mean, I've been to some churches. I've been to I haven't been. I mean, yes, I've been Catholic, well, cradle Catholic. But I've been to some churches that are, you know, they're Christian. And I did the, you know, this uh, this modern Christian music that's, you know, popish, right? And it's, some of it's good. I mean, the rap, I haven't even gone down that topic with you. No, no. It's good. Yeah. No, there's no such thing as good Christian rap. Anyway. Amen. 
two, just two. NF and Andy Minio are decent. Like, like, I mean, okay, moving along. I'm not gonna mess with you, <laughs> Mister <laughs> Mister Self-Professed Hip Hop Genius. Um, Thank but, you. But Bars. <laughs> what I hear, what I hear at church, you know, Catholic church is is largely it's hymnal. So meaning hymnal, yeah. meaning it, the, the the lyrics are straight psalms or straight, you know, um, I scripture. No, I have but, no beef with that because it's almost poetry in my mind. No beef with that. And a lot of them are written. You'd be surprised how much of it was written by the same guy. I don't know the name at the top of my head right now, but a lot of the churches that are, I mean, a lot of the songs that are sung at Catholic church are written by the same guy in like the seventies and eighties, but it has the same tone, right? It's, it's supposed to be easily played. It's supposed to be short. So it's not the same kind of scenario that you would have lyrically based, lyrically, poetically, artistically based music that you're familiar with. But what I see, what I hear, um, what you're saying strikes a chord with me because I've heard a lot of things that like African churches, African Catholic churches go off. Everyone's singing, clapping, it's happy, it's dancing. There are some Latin American countries that are like that, that they're actually dancing and happy and they're singing and it's, and it's largely hymnal, uh, scriptural. But what I feel, I feel sorry for the women in our church that are from Africa, Nigeria, where have, what have you, that, that they come and I, they're not singing or they're trying to sing. And I can't imagine the culture shock that it is to them to say, this music is kind of depressing and sad and monotonous, <laughs> monotonous and slow. And everyone's just standing there, monotone, droning. And it's... I love the Lord. I sing a new song unto the Lord. And it's it's not depressing. It's just it's not good. It's just see, I go to a Baptist church. They have like a band up there and like a full orchestra. Yeah. I mean and I'm like no one no one goes to Catholic church for the music, man. Yeah, yeah, but cats go to the Baptist church for the music and I was like I have a cousin of mine that sings in a band and he's pretty awesome and it's pretty good. And it's, you know, modern Christian pop, but it's good. And, and, and I mean, I'm like you, I'm not, I sing, I sing because I have a scriptural reference in, in my mind and I'm not a very good singer, but I don't also, I'm not, if I were around a crowd and I've seen like these concerts, Christian concerts where, where people are crying, holding their hands up, you know me, I, I, I'd be freaked out in that kind of situation. I'm, I'm not open in that sort of way to allow myself to feel some sort of uh, presence that I don't naturally feel. And to me, that's kind of along the lines of like uh, showmanship. Uh, it is. And you're buying into that kind of mob mentality or I don't know what you call it when you when you're that's like mass hysteria type thing. I don't really, I don't really respond to that. I have, I have that rejection the same as you do. You hit it on the head. Cause my thing is like, everybody stands up and this church is huge. It's like a big, big church, like multiple floors camp. It's a campus. Yeah. It's bigger than it was like, it's a big church and everybody stands up. So if I'm the one cat that's sitting there, like, I don't want to, I feel the guilt and I have to stand up. I was like, that's not thing. I remember. I think Houston, Houston, you don't know this. I mean, I mean, you probably do, but Houston is the home of some of the largest mega churches in America. 
Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So I know what you're saying. Like they, they, I mean, you know, special one, you know, one guy, you know, bought out a uh, stadium. Yeah, we're not talking about that guy. <laughs> we're not touching it. What is it? I think it's like thirty thousand seats. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And and they and and the people and down on the up. and the people down on the floor pay big bucks to have those seats. Yeah, and it's yeah. Anyway, we're there. Mega churches. Yeah, good lord. She's telling me. Well, I was like, it's bad music. And she's like, well, I don't sing because of this. I sing because I feel it. And I was like, well, I don't need to sing to feel it. <laughs> I was like, and she starts telling me, well, and this is where my other beef. She's like, well, I don't think that's worshiping properly. And that's you know, first that I don't think that it's worshiping properly. That's the first trigger that hit me. And she's like, you have to show appreciation for God and doing this. And that's all it is, Haywood. And I got really hot. I was like, what I don't like is, seems like, oh, another disclaimer. Get ready to stop the recording here. <laughs> but I was like, I don't like how white folks think they have a majority, uh, majority position on God. They could tell other people that they're not doing it right or, wrong, uh, right or wrong, and they're just going to do that. I was like, I'm a black person. And you're talking to me like I just claim out of the African forest or jungle. I don't know what God is. You think I'm some kind of savage? That ended it. <laughs> it ended it. She's like, oh, I didn't mean that. I was like, no, but you are saying this. You're saying you're questioning how I worship and how I feel this. I was like, it's a totally different thing. And, and, and I that, give, that I give is the, that. Oh, go ahead. No, I was like, I give the pastor this. The one pastor from Ailey, he understands. Like, I told you the story that I didn't want to get baptized at this church. Like, no. And it was like, why? Because I was like, I'm the only black person here. I'm going to be held up as the trophy for this place. It's like, I have literally, I was like, it's bad. It's really bad when I go there. I go to church. I sit by myself because I ain't standing up. And it seems like black folks have a radar for the other black person in the church. And we all find out sitting in the same row. Nice. Like, I mean, I mean, yeah. No, it, I'm fine with it, but I was like, no, these gives these people that don't know us a chance of never knowing us. One of the things they do that I absolutely believe that I love is like, hey, you're here, say hi to your neighbor, go around, say hi to people. Mm -hmm. And they'll take two or three minutes out of the whole thing to make people go say hi. And I was like, that's a good thing to do. I met people through that. I sit by this old lady named Daisy, literally an old lady named Daisy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not driving you around. Flew over her head. <laughs> what? Hey, what? why aren't you driving me around? I didn't ask you to drive me anywhere. Okay, Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that white girl was saying, she just looked at me. Our eyes got this <laughs> when I said it to her. It's like, Who's this? Who's this? I was like, this is Daisy. This is Daisy. Yes. I was like, <laughs> but I was like, that's the thing. I was like, I think the problem with our, this has nothing to do with risk, but the problem is we don't question what we're doing and we're so willing to cast stones at other people. Literally, that's the thing that they said don't do, but we're willing to do it constantly when it comes to faith and religion. 
I was like, it is very risky for me to go against the words of the Bible, what it says. It was like, yo, that doesn't sound right. And I was like, I'm very, I'm very cautious of that because I was like, I go to, I was like, this is, there's, and this is another conversation or another time, but being a black person that has this faith is totally in going to a white church. It's a totally different perspective of how we see things. And how I feel things and see things. So it's like they have things like, oh, we want to change this legislation. So we're signing a petition. I'm like, no, I'm not with that. Don't care. It was like, That's no. And, and they learned that oh, the pastor is like, hey, if Haywood says no, don't question him. Because he's going to make you cry. <laughs> don't do it. Nice. Just let him be. So, I think I think there is strength. I think there is insecurity in a lot of people. So when they say things, um, even like um, a pastor, when they say things like that first pastor, that first instance, when he was talking about um, the blade and the blood. Yes. Uh, be, being very black and white and divisive. What, what they're what they're hoping for is that response of going along with the crowd. Right. They're not looking for someone to question their their point of view, um, and of course, certain points of view like that aren't explicitly stated in the Bible, right? Um, yeah. There's there's and in, in in your friend, this lady friend, you know, she's hoping with you with well, she was talking with you. She was hoping to find that similar chord, and I think a lot of times it's that instance that they don't want to feel. They don't want to have to question it it's... because because there's vulnerability. If you take a stance, what you say, what you, what you say is zealotry. It's taking a stance without um, questioning. And there's a difference between I'm a zealot because I know what I believe in and I'm going to do whatever it takes to uphold it, right, defend it. Yeah. But there's a different kind of zealotry where you're doing it out of uh less of a intellectual purpose and more of a i don't know trying to find meaning for your faults trying to find um a security where there's insecurity right i'm gonna put on this i'm gonna put on this coat of self-righteousness and i'm gonna tell you that i don't think that that's the right way of worshiping um and i and and Gosh, there's so many ways. There's so many ways that you could tell. There's so many ways that telling someone that the way of their that the way that they worship is wrong. Um, there's so many wrong things about that. Um, and if anything, you know, I'm sorry for a lot of people that encounter that in their lives um, from 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 church elders, pastors, priests. And also even people in the, in the pew that are right next to you that are going to, um, I've heard it. I've heard it in my church. I've heard guys, I've heard men, women say things that are callous, that are um, shallow. Um, but I think it's because they're parroting ideas and they don't realize how offensive it can possibly be. Well, so the question I have, like my relationship with God is a joyous one. I'm happy. And I was like, my life has meaning and I'm not lost. Like I said, if it doesn't, if, if it's never going to make sense, I would be a very different person than who I am because of my relationship with God. It makes sense. 
and I'm always happy because of that. It was like, I was like, I go to the dark place. You know, I like, I like the dark place, but I was like, it's always the driving factor that I have this relationship that I can't let that person down and that person won't let me down. So my thing is, the question is, these people that have these things, like I told you the girl that was talking about the blade and the blood and she's like, oh, I agree. And this other one questioning the, my, how I worship, I was like, do you think they have a, I, this is a thought that just came, do they have a joyous relationship or is it fear-based? Because I, I know when people say, oh, I have a fearful God and that word's always, or I, what do they say? Fear of God is the root of all wisdom. No, they say, I have to look it up. They, they talk about being fearful of God. And I was like, you know what? I'm in awe. I'm inspired. But it's not fear. It's respect. It's something more than just that. It's like, you know, when you're like, this is honor for me to be in the presence. It's not fear. And I wonder, did they operate in fear? And I don't do that. It's it's a different kind of fear. When people talk about that, it is a different kind of fear. And and, and it's that tremendous fear of tremendum, you know, it's that uh, it's a transcendent type of fear that's not like it's not like a daddy's gonna whip me type of fear. It's it's all. It's what you said. And that's what it means. It's it's respect. Like you said, reverence is probably the better word. Reverence, fear and reverence go hand in hand because it's kind of like that's you know why would you kneel why would you kneel before anyone before anything it's reverence and that's it's not fear like i'm afraid to stand up it's i'm kneeling out of respect so you're you're making that argument and i agree with you what you're saying but it was like i'm questioning do they get that that reverence or is it fear because they we, we were just talking about this mass you're in church everybody stands up you're just forced to stand up if you don't do what they do it's fearful that they will look at you differently maybe and that's i i question a lot and everything it was like i don't i mean there's so many things we'll probably the after hours talk we could talk about it but it was like i questioned the things that what they tell us uh, tell us in churches not to be detrimental is like maybe you're interpreting it wrong because that is a person <laughs> interpreting it and i was yeah. like and i'm i was like no that's why i'm always i'm i go there for the word i go there to get these lessons because i was like i want a different perspective of how i read it and if your version is better than my version guess who's i'm going to take yours if it makes sense to me but nice. there's certain things i was like it's a different vibe I was like, I, that girl, she bothered me. That, I'm not going to lie. Do you know why you have a different vibe? Why? That's what I call the Holy Spirit. It's a little tuning fork inside you that says something doesn't sound right about that. To me, it's it's not like a, like a litmus test, right? It's not like good or bad. I know that's wrong. It's yeah. it's something, something's not right. It's not spot on. And, and, and I don't feel quite right. And there's times when I felt that way. And then when I research it, I, I get vindicated, right? It's like, you know what? I can see how what this person said can be misconstrued in the wrong way. 
and how I could probably make easily. This guy could, I, I can't say that he has a wrong interpretation. I can say that his interpretation can be misconstrued, but I can say that my initial feeling of what he said was probably not as in-depth as I would want it to be. Again, I give people the benefit of the doubt way too much, but it's that, that Holy Spirit, it's, it's, it's what it does to me is pick my brain, pick my, that little thing inside that says, is that what God is? I don't think that's what God is. I don't think what this guy is saying or this sentiment that he's trying to convey to me is really what God that I know is, right? And am I wrong? And you, 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 you ask yourself that, right? You ask yourself, am I wrong in having this kind of feeling that God wouldn't say, wouldn't, it wouldn't portray himself in that way? But that's where I think what you were saying is you have that tuning fork and whether you know it or not, it's a good thing. Some people don't listen to it. They ignore it or they accept it. They say, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. They, they're willing to beat that drum regardless of their own uh, 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 assuredness, you know, in that message. But that, that's a dangerous part of it. That's the thing that I was like, because my thing is, not questioning the message puts you in a cult. No, man. That's where you, that's everyone. Oh, not questioning the message. Puts not you in question a the message. Saying the message, the messenger is flawless. Depends and on the messenger. Always, well, that's the thing. I was like, I dig the church that I go to. He knows I disagree with some of his takes. And he'll see me in the hallway when I'm in there. And he's like, hey, what did you think about this? And I dodge. It's like, hey, do you talk about, you know, why do you dodge? Because cats are not ready to hear the truth. <laughs> That's the why? thing. Was, because, well, if he's asking you, he's asking you because he knows. I mean, that's what, you know, like iron sharpens iron. He's asking I, you. Yeah, yeah. But how he comes, I dodge. Then he was like, hey, didn't we talk about straight talk? <laughs> then I give, then I unload. He's offering, he's offering for you to poke holes in his, you know, message. Yeah. So I'm willing to do that, but I have to be encouraged twice because well, everybody, you're very some nice people guy. ask the question, huh? Cause you're a very nice guy. Uh, yes, I am. I will take it. I'll wear it. But I was like, yo, you don't really want to go to, cause like I said, I, I think there's a, I mean, I don't know the Bible inside and out, but I know how to think. I know how to think strategically. I know, I know theories. I read a lot to form a question and have a concise and ask the right question to get an answer. And I can understand when people just can't give it to me. I give him his props because every time he asks those questions, I'm willing to like, okay, let's see. And he, he'll admit this. This is when I knew I was in a good place because he asked me, we got into it about one of his things and i was like i do not agree with that at all like literally i was like i'm not gonna be here i just got up and left <laughs> it was like this is so wrong and we were going back and forth about it and he was like you know what i appreciate you being honest nobody wants to be honest with him you have need, to understand it's, easy, man. It's, churches are dangerous i mean the reverence that we have for the head, pastor, minister, priest, whatever, 
we have this reverence for it and people think they're unfollowable and there can't be questioned. And that's just, like I said, it's a cult behavior. We have this person in such high regards over with to do that. My thing is I hold him with high regards because he answers. He answers questions. And he's putting himself out there to somebody like me. So that's the respect, the mutual respect. Like you said, hey, like I always, I tell people there's a big difference between being a devil's advocate, meaning, well, somebody told me, does a devil really need an advocate? Like, no. <laughs> but you get the point. I was like, yeah. just just told me that. I was like, eh, witty, but you don't like you don't know the definition. But being a devil's advocate to somebody's conversation, you're really strengthening it, strengthening the conversation. That's the point of doing it. To try to poke holes and let me strengthen your argument. So you when you're prepared to go to battle, debate about it, you're strengthened. That's what devil's advocates are supposed to be doing. But there's people that sophistry they they have these arguments and uh in a faulty position they know it's wrong but they're still having the argument they don't believe what they're saying it's sophistry and what i like about him he looks at me as the devil's advocate which is bad because i'm in a church <laughs> doing and you're that. black <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> but but he looks at it because he's like, if I can't answer your questions, how am I? And I was like, if I can't answer your questions or say that I don't know, let me get back to you, which he has done multiple times. I don't know. That's awesome. Well, that's the thing. It's a problem that we have when it comes to faith that people think that they have, you have to have the answer right then and there. You just, it's too hard. How many pages is the Bible? How many books are in the Bible? How many stories are in there? How many parables are in there? It takes a lot to say you have to digest it because the book is how old? How many years old? And there's so many different interpretations. So many different, you're Catholic, Baptist, Protestant. Yeah. They're all looking at the same dang book and they're all getting something else from it. That's because if they're not Catholic, they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? You yeah, like, like that. Uh, you said it was did pay it too. I was like, what? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, a, it's a, I think, it's a, I think questioning your faith is a part of faith. I mean, that's what I love about um, the word uh, Israel. Um, I was actually, you know, trying vying to have my son named Israel because Israel means struggle with God, and in all my life, I look at faith as a struggle with God. It's not a, I, it's not that I don't want God in my life. It's that I question my life through God's, I, I'm always questioning my life and my purpose through what I think God wants for me and what I think is, is right in God's eyes. So I would, I would have loved to have been named Israel, but in, instead of Gabriel, but, uh, but, but anyways, I like the idea. Yeah, but I like the idea because it's, to me, Israel, a struggle with God, philosophical. It's philosophically, spiritually challenging to be a believer, have taken that risk, and and using your logic, using your intellect, using the mind that God gave you to sort these things out, to believe in what you say, and 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 
like you said, your faith is a is a joyful faith, one of one of happiness, one of, of meaning and purpose. Mine is a me. My faith is a challenge. It's it's not a difficult like arduous like I don't want to do it type of challenge. It's a going to the gym type of thing. Strength. I mean, I hear you. It's a it's a strength. I mean, that's the thing that bothers me. You're there's no way of pursuing that the pursuit of it is the important part. You can't just be there. You can't just all of a sudden, oh, I have everything. Like that was the thing that broke with me and the old girl. She just thought, I know all the answers because of this. It's like, no, you're supposed to strengthen it. She hated my bookshelf, hated the books that are on there. She saw that one particular book you know which book I'm talking about by Mein Kampf. Yes. <laughs> her, mind, her mind almost broke. <laughs> I was like, I need to understand. I was like, I don't have to agree with anything. I don't. He's an idiot. But I need to understand. I mean, I have Nietzsche, you know. I mean, I mean, that's probably the worst I got. I was like, I got rid of. So here's a funny story. I got all my books. I got like 20 books. I went to half price books to sell them. I was like, all right, I need to get rid of this book because cats keep looking at me weird. And I go there and they're like, all right, we'll call you back. We'll tell you which one's winning. But they only bought three books out of 20. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I was like, these are all great books. She's like, well, the subject matter. And they were telling me they buy books by how quick they can sell it. So if it's a book that's going to sit on the shelf forever, they don't want it. I was like, oh, or they have too many copies. There's like, they don't need yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what, three books? And they bought my call. <laughs> I was like, what? So like, that will fly off the shelf as soon as we put it out there. And wow. That <laughs> I was like, what? She's like, we can't keep it stocked. That's scary. That's that, funny. I was like, it was funny. No, it's scary. I was like, wow. She was like, we it's like, who's buying these copies of my car? <laughs> like, and how do you go to the store and buy it? You literally can't walk into the bookstore. Yeah, you can. Just, with doing that lockstep walking in. <laughs> Just <laughs> do stepping inside. Who stepped like, out? It was like, you just have to, I mean, you go there, you buy a copy, the person looks at the book, <laughs> it looks at you. I always, I always put the books face down so they could just scan it. Give me the damn book. <laughs> Don't look. <laughs> Don't look at the cover. Yes, I'm reading Buddhism. Leave me alone. Or yes, I'm reading... I don't know. All right, it was, man. It's weird. It's weird. It's so weird to me. Like, so she was reading, so you got turned off because she's leaning more towards a idealism that's that doesn't question which again to me that is a red flag i mean that is a a reason um that's not there's nothing wrong you didn't do any uh, you know the things that you're seeing i mean i agree with you on a lot of things i mean besides maybe your political views my political views are right yeah (laughs) but but I mean, I mean, I, I love talking to you because, like you said, you have that systematic, uh, 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 logical and an analytical perspective of it, which, you know, I would like, if anything, to have your pastor 
maybe talk to me or go on the show so we I'll, can i'll talk to him we'll see yeah, if we can make that say, happen say hey do you want to get <laughs> do you want to go on a podcast with a black guy who doesn't agree with you and a mexican <laughs> you want to get beat up from two guys at the same time <laughs> no nah, it should i mean that's i mean he's he's coming to you and asking you questions for a reason so i think well, that's, that's always good because he's open he's probably appreciates your opinion more than anyone else there to be honest you know? it's, i no, i i think it's I respect that so much because it's like people, I, I remember even at my work today, well, I remember I was working at the mattress from way back in the day and this guy comes in and I greet him and I'm talking to him. I try to sell him a mattress and I turn to look at the desk and my boss is sitting there, eyes big, telling me to come here. And I'm like, leave me alone. And finally, I got mad after like 10, 15 minutes of talking to this. I come to the desk. I was like, what do you want, Tim? He's like, that's the CEO of the company. <laughs> I was like, who? He was like, his name is on the wall. Literally right there. They had a quote by him on the wall. And you're trying like, to sell him a mattress? That's the thing. I don't. Did he buy it? <laughs> I'm not, I don't know who these people are. So it's, it's all right to talk to them. That's the thing. Oh, like, you you weren't you weren't talking to him about mattresses. You were just no, no. I was trying to sell them back. But you're but you're building them up, leading them up, doing the whole. Yeah, always be closing, homie. Always be closing. Like, the, the get them to say five yeses. Oh, I'm always pushing for the five yeses. If I throw, <laughs> if I throw you a life jacket, you're drowning. Are you gonna take it? Yes, buy a bed. <laughs> so I mean, no. It, it's a point that these people are human. And we shouldn't be idolizing them. And that's what bothers me. I was like, I go, I was like, you are well-versed and well-knowledgeable. Why am I not trying to soak up all the knowledge that I can from you? It's not idolization. It's respect and awe where you can teach me. It's teachers. And that's the thing that I did with her. It was literally, they are unfollowable. They can't. And I remember she had an interpretation of the Bible that was dead wrong. I'm not, I was like, that's not what it says. Literally, I was like, I'm not the one that, it was like, look, I'm not the most well-versed person, but I was like, that's literally not what it says. I'm going to tell you this, that is wrong. I'm not, I'm, it was like, you are reading that wrong. And I was like, get on the Google machine. <laughs> I was like, and I told her, I was like, look, if I'm wrong, if you could prove me wrong, you have all night. All night, if you can prove me wrong, I was like, I'll give you five thousand dollars right now. That's a, that's that that's that salesman coming out. That's good though. I mean that that I mean, like you said, that puts people off their you know high horse, right? She looked for four hours and could not prove me wrong. But she tried. Yes. Wow. Because I knew what I was talking about. It was like it was something I researched when I was way back in the nineties. Like when it was AOL time, <laughs> that's how it was like, where you could find answers on the internet. I'm not a fan of the internet, but for four hours, since you can't prove me wrong. And this is when I, I was like, you can see the deterioration and the breaking of a relationship where she says, I don't care if I can't find it, Haywood. I know I'm right about this. Mm. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that. There's a certain level of argument to that. Well, that's it's, not good. But it's not. It's not about. It wasn't about interpretation. It was more about did the Bible say this, like literal words. Oh wow! Oh okay. Like, okay, wow. Yes, I was like anywhere. It was like any version of the Bible on Earth. It's not there. <laughs> and that's the thing. I was like, that's what bothers me. You can't be, you can't be so sold up into it just because somebody else says it yeah. doesn't. And that's I would give the respect to people that are willing to question their things. Like, I have mad respect to a lot of people. Like, I have friends that are Buddhists. I have friends that are Muslim. Really good friends that are Buddhists, and really good friends that are uh, Muslim. And talking to them about their faith, it's more of an interpretation, and they're more willing to hear. And I was like, I think Christianity gives you the negative. I was like, but American Muslim, American Buddhist. I think Christianity in America, there is no room for questioning. And it's scary because, I mean, it's very scary. We can go into that a lot. That's, a that's, that's what this podcast, that's what I hope that this, that that gray area gets, gets talked about with people, different, different people ever, you know, uh, thank you for your time. Um, Thank you for your honesty, because that's what I'm looking for. I appreciate you reaching out to me. I'm the first guest. Yes. That means I'm number one, right? Well, yeah. Keanu Reeves Castle. (laughs) I'm number one. Can you say, hey, what's number one? Hey, what is number one? Yeah. And number two. You're number two. (laughs) That's fine. I'll be the top five. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's been fun. All right. Talk to you later. Yes, sir.